One of the things that stops small business owners from creating marketing content consistently is this feeling of being uninspired, of having no idea what to say in the first place. If you can relate to this, you are in good company. So many of us struggle with knowing what our marketing content should actually be about. But I am here to help. I have come up with 100 prompts that you can use to guide your marketing from your social media posts to your emails to your longer form content. I guarantee that these prompts will get you inspired and that you'll have more ideas than you even know what to do with. You can download this list of 100 marketing prompts for free at makinggoodpodcast.com slash 100 prompts. That's makinggoodpodcast.com slash 100-P-R-O-M-P-T-S. Welcome back to Making Good, the podcast for small businesses who want to make a big impact. I'm your host, Lauren Tilden, and this is episode 134. Today, we're talking about rules and specifically how and why to break them. My guest for this conversation is Brooke Monahan, a consultant, mentor, and podcaster who helps entrepreneurs and leaders bring their greatest gifts to the world, align with their values, and honor the lifestyle that they desire. Her work focuses on helping business owners and team leaders unlearn the conditioning that has them ditching their instincts, intuition, and integrity in favor of doing business, quote unquote, the right way, and instead build foundations of a sustainable values aligned business. In this conversation, we really dig into something that I think is such a crucial piece of the puzzle when it comes to feeling aligned and positive about how you run your business, as well as releasing results. Then that is the fact that there's no one right way to do it. In this episode, we discussed how to find what your thing is, why breaking the rules is part of achieving long-term sustainable growth, what it actually means to break the rules, the five stages of rule breaking, going from a stage called seeking savior to impact and legacy, how rule breaking relates to marketing, how breaking the rules can help you make a positive impact, and much, much more. I cannot wait for you to hear this conversation. Here it is. Brooke, welcome to Making Good. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really honored to uh, be here and I appreciate you sharing this platform with me. I'm so, so, so excited for this conversation. It's We're going to be talking about breaking the rules, which is something that I think comes up a little bit in my mm-hmm. content because like, there's a little bit of that in me, but I don't think I've done even part of an episode that's really like, intentionally about this concept of breaking the rules, which I think is very important. So thrilled to have you here to kind of guide us through that. Mm -hmm. Um, Before we dig into all of that, I'd love to hear a little bit from you about what your business looks like now and maybe a little bit also of your story to getting there. Sure. Yeah, I would love to. Um, So I have sort of two sides to my business. One side of my business is um, coaching um, and mentoring entrepreneurs who are kind of still getting established in their business. And for those folks, I'm really helping them to create a business that is actually sustainable for them. And by sustainable, a lot of people think recurring revenue, which is one important piece. But I'm really focused on their approach to their work and approaching their work in a way that is sustainable. So habits that are not going to burn them out and that are going to leave them some space to be able to continue to show up. Because as most of us have learned, this is a long game and you have to be able to keep doing it and keep showing up. 
So um, running a business in a way that is sustainable and aligned with their values and um, gives them the life that they wanted when they started working for themselves, way beyond just the money. And the other side of my business um, is my consulting business. So I, I mean, they're one business, but with on that side, I'm really working with more established founders and managers in values-driven organizations. And I help them with leading their teams and developing their people and setting themselves and their whole team up for success. And there is so much overlap between those two. Love. Yeah. So, so yeah. So I I um it was a long journey getting here. I always wanted to work for myself, you know, from the time that I was very young. I did my like senior project in high school on I wrote a business plan for a photography studio. That was like one mm-hmm. of the things that I thought I might do. I always wanted to work for myself, but I never knew what my thing was. And I was always like, you know, working these jobs, but like literally just my brain from the time that I was very young was always spinning around on how am I going to get out of here and start a business and what's the business going to be and what do I have to sell that anyone's even going to want and I'm not skilled enough and I don't have a thing. And I went to school for entrepreneurial management and Mm. learned through business school that having the knowledge and the information was not enough to get me to actually go and start a business. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I left um, that program kind of uh, like I felt very stuck, like I didn't really know what to do. And I ended up just staying in retail, which at the time um, in my in my entrepreneurial management program, I had actually set up with my employer at the time, um, like internship credits, because I was managing three retail stores at the time, small retail mm. stores. And I went to my advisor and I was like, I'm working basically a full-time job and I'm in school, but it's a management job. Can I get credit? And they were like, sure. Wow. And so I just stayed in retail after that. And then I um, I went through working for a whole bunch of big brands as a GM and an operations manager, people, uh, talent development management. And eventually I ended up leaving that and going into the nonprofit world where I got they sent me through a whole bunch more trainings, like project management trainings. And I got like I did like lean trainings and process improvement trainings. And after I went through all of that, I was like, you know what? Like I am damn good at like organizing, leading, developing teams. I am damn good at setting up businesses to run in a really efficient way. Like this is what I should be offering. And I actually ended up getting my nonprofit employer to hire me as I left that job and they hired me back as a consultant. And that was my first client. And I did the consulting for about a year. And then I... Well, actually, it was less than a year. And then I started with the other side of my business with helping other people who are establishing their business on their own. So that was my my twisty path. So fun. Yeah. yeah. I think twisty path is something many of us have in common. Yes. Totally. Um, one of the things you said that is not on our lesson plan, as it were, today, but I kind of <laughs> want to dig into is you said that for a long time you wanted to start a business, but you didn't know what your quote unquote thing was. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something a lot of people can relate to. Maybe even people listening who maybe have their business already or their early days and they're not sure that they've really landed on something they're excited about. Mm-hmm. Do you have any guidance on just like, how do you find your thing if you don't know what your thing is? Yeah. I mean, 
I think that the first thing is like way underthink it because mm-hmm. <laughs> it's probably right in front of you and people are probably telling you all the time that they, you know, people are probably already coming to you for certain things or admiring the work that you're doing in certain areas or telling you, wow, you are so incredible at this thing. And what I find, and I know that you just did a book club episode on The Big Leap, and so there might be some crossover here, but when you're truly in your zone of genius, it's going to feel very different from from other things that you've maybe been rewarded for in the past. Like mm-hmm. our culture rewards elbow grease and hustle and working really hard and hard labor. And when you're doing something that kind of comes naturally to you, it's very easy to feel like you're doing nothing or to feel like nobody would pay you for that because it's so easy for you. Mm-hmm. And so I think that a lot of it is um, <laughs> the, that book probably will help you go back a few episodes and find <laughs> book club episode. But I think that a lot of it is really like reframing that and allowing yourself to lean into things that you already know you would love to do. You already know like that you're really great at it. And maybe you're telling yourself that nobody would pay you for it. And it's not really that you don't know what your thing is. It's just that you think that no one would want it. And that's not true. Mm-hmm. So I would start there. But I mean, I could probably do a whole episode just on that. Yeah, I love the first thing you said, especially, which is underthink it. Mm -hmm. I think alongside that, I would add just like, don't be a perfectionist about it. Don't feel like you have to land on exactly it right away. Oh my gosh, yes. I don't know if you relate to this, but for me, like where I started with my first small business, which does still exist, but like, it's not exactly where I've landed. And it's been a like you know, as the years have gone by and I've really dug in and followed my interests and what lights me up and what excites me, I've, I've moved a lot from where I started. So I think letting it be a process that you evolve into also is, is part of it. Absolutely. I'm so glad that you said that. I mean, the reality is that like your business is always evolving, Mm -hmm. I think. And so like allow yourself to just (laughs) embrace that now. I think that, you know, when you first are starting out, like, think about what you can deliver right now for people and do a good job at and start there. And you're going to learn so much just from doing that one first thing. And then like the next steps are going to reveal themselves for sure. Absolutely. Okay. So let's start talking about rules. Yes. What I know that one of your things is rule breaking. I love this. What does that mean? So, okay. So let me first be clear. I am a rule follower by nature, which is why I teach rule breaking because Mm -hmm. we teach what we need most (laughs) because it's a process that I've had to go through. So, I mean, I think that so many people go into their business and they're very excited about it. They're very excited about their idea. They're very excited about the potential of it, the impact that it could have, um, the thing that they can make or the thing that they can create and how cool it's going to be. And then they land in the world of having to grow that business and very quickly become bombarded with all of the things that you quote unquote have to do to succeed. And it can become incredibly overwhelming. So to me, breaking the rules is about taking that that looming dark cloud of this is what you should be doing. Don't trust what you want to do next. Don't trust yourself and what your instincts are telling you to do next. Listen to the internet and do all of these things that everybody is telling you you have to do. 
kind of Mm -hmm. taking that and setting it aside and first listening to yourself and what your own creative vision is for your business, listening to your own integrity and doing things differently than maybe you're seeing other people do them out there. I think that people who want to make an impact through their business, it is so crucial for us to remember that if we just opt for what other people are doing and we just opt for the way that things are quote unquote supposed to be done, we're going to end up creating more of the same. And that's not what we want to do. So Mm -hmm. it is necessary, I think, for us to be bold enough to do things differently. And for some people, breaking the rules means taking time off before you have like quote unquote paid your dues you know, but for other people, it means doing something really bold, right? Like taking a big action that maybe uh, you don't feel like you're ready for yet, or maybe, you know, you quote unquote, should have done XYZ first, right? It looks different for everybody. And what it means for you to break the rules, I think is going to really be informed by what are the things that you're telling yourself you should do? And how is that keeping you stuck? And what would happen if you allowed yourself to just break that rule? Mm hmm. You gave a couple examples, but I wonder if you could just give some more examples of like, what are some examples of people breaking the rules and going against the quote unquote shoulds that Hmm. that might resonate with people or that either you've experienced, you've done yourself, your clients have done, or just like theoretical examples? Sure. I mean, an example that I can give you from my own world right now is I'm currently in a launch and... You know, I've done launches many times before, um, (laughs) and I have just really gone all out trying to get my message out there or push, um, you know, whether it's a digital product that I'm launching or whatever, try to push it out there and and get it in front of everybody. And this time around, I'm kind of just like, yeah, I'm opening the doors and like, I'm not willing to do that right now. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to like put what is accessible for me. Like I'm going to put that stuff out on social media and I'm going to invite the people in who are ready to work for me, work with me. And like, that's okay right now. Um, But I think in other instances, it's things like, like I have clients who have moved their businesses offline. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. you know, people are going to tell you like that that's a bad idea or, you know, you should be selling online. And I think that selling online, it obviously has enormous benefits. And I also think that if it's burning you out and it would work better for you and be more sustainable to have an in-person based business or to sell your product in person and do things that way, then, you know, leaving behind that sort of like, you should have an online presence might be helpful for you. It doesn't mean that you need to do that all the time, but it might be what you need to do in order to just like gain some motion. I think that there's also instances of things like there are things that you shouldn't talk about, right? Like you should be quote unquote professional in your business. And what I always remind people of is like your people are coming to you for... Um, a specific reason. And if you can allow yourself to come through in how you're showing up and kind of let go of this, like how you should be showing up or having like this, you know, what you should look like when you show up. Um, I think that that's another example as well, like allowing yourself to decide like, what does, what do you want your presence to look like? And does it really need to be this kind of like buttoned up professional image? Probably not. And I think that when I say that, people might be thinking like, you know, 
business suit, but I don't even mean that so much. I just mean like, do you, if you really allowed yourself to bring your personality into your business, are there things that you would do differently? And maybe that could free you up to, you know, move forward in a way that is a little bit more creative and would actually resonate a bit more with your people. Mm -hmm. Great examples. One of the things that's occurring to me is just I'm listening to you is like, okay, I love this permission to really lean into who you are authentically and like how you actually act instead of trying to conform, Mm -hmm. like with the example of like being professional and completely Mm -hmm. that. How do we know which rules to break? Mm. Is it just blanket, break any rule you feel like? (laughs) Specific rules that we should prioritize breaking. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Okay, so I think that it would be helpful to maybe start to look at like the process of learning how to break the rules. And I think that through that, or not the process of learning how to, but the process of getting comfortable breaking the rules, I think that through that, it's going to answer this question in maybe a bit more of an indirect and longer way, but maybe in a bit of a more helpful way. So, yeah. okay, cool. So I, in the work that I've done with, with people over the past couple of years, I've observed that in most cases, as folks start to build a sustainable, values-aligned, impactful business, there's kind of a growth process that they move through. And I see this as being directly linked to going from just being like a rule follower and then moving through this process of like breaking the rules. And then eventually, like I think that for anybody who's listening to this podcast, considering the name of it, I think that probably most of your listeners want to like change the game, right? Like we want to change things for people. So in this process, there's five stages that I have observed people move through. So the first one is seeking savior. I call it seeking savior. It's really like perfectionism. It is. And what it is, is it's this idea that I want to be very clear is being pushed in a big way in the business development world. So if you are thinking about things this way, I don't want you to... like If you're listening to this and you identify yourself in this, the the point of this is not to judge yourself for it. The point is just to notice it. So it's this idea that if I just do business the right way, then suddenly things are going to click and everything's just going to be easy and like my problems are going to be solved and i need to hustle to try to figure out what the like what that missing piece is and so that i can like fix it and do this right and when i do it right i'm going to know because like the clouds are going to part and all the money is going to flow in and this is mm-hmm. you know this is like a lot of marketing is kind of pushing this idea eventually what what happens is folks realize that that's really not the way that business works. And they've been spending a whole bunch of energy trying to get it right. And all of this energy that's going into trying to get it right isn't really moving them forward. And this is a stage that I call fallout. So the first stage is seeking savior. The second stage is fallout. Fallout is where your trust in this right way of doing things kind of starts to break down. And in fallout, I think that a really crucial thing happens, which is your as your trust in that old way of doing things kind of breaks down, it has this way of, first of all, I would just it's it's scary and it kind of sucks to be honest. But also um it has this way of reminding you of what's actually important and why you're actually doing this. So I think that if you when you are reach when you reach fallout, what I encourage people to focus on is why are you doing this? 
And what does your integrity say to do? So if the right way of doing things isn't working, if posting on social media five days a week and having a presence on all of these different platforms and doing everything quote unquote right isn't working, then what would you do if you were instead just focused on why you're doing this and you did the thing that was actually going to have an impact or you did the thing that was actually aligned with the vision of what you want to create or you did the thing that was actually going to serve your people or whatever it is. You did the thing that your integrity was telling you to do. Mm-hmm. Whatever's holding you back from making that choice, those are the rules to break. So it's not about breaking every rule. It's not about just going out there and just like bucking the system for no reason, right? It's instead Mm -hmm. about saying, look to yourself and your own integrity. And if there's a thing that you feel is right, do it even if the quote unquote business rules would say, oh, no, 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 you shouldn't do that. That isn't going to work. An example of this, like a really, really like might seem insignificant example is a couple of years ago, I stopped pricing anything with 99 cents or 97 cents. (laughs) And Uh, the reason I did this was because I was just like, am I really going to just go along with this idea? And I want to be clear, if anyone who's listening does this, it's not a big deal. I'm not like trying to label anyone as like bad. It's bad if you do this. But me, for me personally, I started thinking, I think my people are smart enough that they don't need me to price something with 99 cents or 97 cents to get them to enroll in a thing. If I price something at $99.99, we all know it's $100. So I'm just going to price it at $100. And if that has an effect, like who cares? Where some people would say like, it works, so just do it, right? Where it just doesn't Mm -hmm. sit right with me. So it's just like, I think it starts with small things like that, where you as the business owner are really the one making decisions. And you're kind of just releasing those ideas of you should do this because it works, period. Don't ask questions. Like, I don't really think that that has... I just don't think that that kind of advice is really useful. So those are the Mm -hmm. rules that I would say to start breaking because it's going to get you comfortable like listening to yourself as a business owner. Yeah, I really like that example because I think on this podcast, we talk a lot about marketing and in marketing, there's a lot of advice that is not that is sort of conventionally accepted and taught, but not necessarily going to sit right ethically or mm-hmm. morally with everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, you gave a really great example of that, which is what's called charm pricing, mm-hmm. there you which go. is basically giving things prices in order to make them seem like less than they are in hopes that like that is what's going to make people buy. Like there's a little bit of like trickiness in it and people don't do this intentionally. But if you like, I mean, many people do it intentionally, but many people just see other people doing that Mm -hmm. and they're like, Oh, that's how you price. Mm -hmm. So I think that's that like bringing that intention to like, Hmm, something feels a little off. Let me explore this. Yeah. Um, Another example of this in marketing would be the like um, agitating pain points Mm -hmm. conversation, which is really commonly taught. And when it comes to like, how do you build interest and desire for what you have to sell? Oh, you remind people of how much pain they're currently in and how the only solution is your product or your Mm -hmm. service. And that's, that is effective. Like it really is. But is it right for everyone? Mm -hmm. I would argue no. And I would not, I don't teach anyone to do their marketing that way. I I don't think it's ethical. So I think just planting the bug in people's ear that this 
rule-breaking conversation is really, really relevant to marketing in particular, which is something we talk about all the time here because marketing is about hopefully in like getting people to take action, but there are ways to get people to take action that are maybe going to be in integrity for us. And then there are ways that aren't. And so really bringing that critical um, thinking to the marketing that we decide to do or not do is really important. So totally. Yeah. And I mean, and like, I think that one of the things to also pay attention to is if you find yourself kind of going in circles around, well, I really want to do this thing, but I don't think I should because blah, 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 blah. Um, or I really want to do this thing, but is that really going to work? I really want to do this thing, but so-and-so said that you have to do it that way. And so I guess that I can't like, those are the things to pay attention to because even something as simple as not using charm pricing, which thank you, Lauren, for informing me on what that's called. Um, (laughs) even in that example, like I can tell you from clients that I have worked with, I run a program called the rule breakers crew and we have a community and it is not uncommon for someone to pop into the community and say something along the lines of, why are we pricing things at $99.99? Not really. This is not an actual example, but this would be how it would come th- come through. Why are we pricing things at $99.99? I really just want to price my things at like whole numbers, but I've been thinking about doing this for a while, but so-and-so said on this podcast that I listened to that this other way really works. Is this a bad idea? And it's like, that is energy that could go into creating. That is energy that could go into impact. That is energy that could go into coming up with a different creative solution. And instead, we're spending it on questioning ourselves because of the fact that we think if we trust ourselves and our own integrity, things are going to like fall apart because we're not doing things, quote unquote, the right way. Mm-hmm. So good. Okay. So we did... We've done two steps, right? Yes. Seeking savior and fallout. Yes. Yes. Let's keep okay. going. So the third step is agency. So here's what I want to say before I even get into this. This is not a linear path. <laughs> it's very common for me, even who I feel like I've probably made it to like step four in this process. It's very common for me to still find myself in seeking savior sometimes, but I notice it and I can kind of turn it around quicker. So if you're listening to this and you're like, I think that I'm there, but I also have parts of this stage, it's totally normal to be kind of moving back and forth or kind of cycling through things. So when you get into fallout, it's tempting to go back to seeking savior. But if you actually allow your integrity to lead and you start taking steps from that place and and the marker of this is like, you know what? Nothing that I'm doing is working anyway. So screw it. I'm just going to do exactly what I want to do. Like that is the energy that moves people from fallout into the next stage, which is agency. So agency is where the trust that you once had in the right way of doing things starts to shift to yourself. So you start Mm -hmm. to see that like you, this vision that you have is important. It is impactful. And I think that this is the, the, really the first point where you are truly engaged in the learning and growth process. You're not just kind of going through the motions of doing things right. You're actually creatively engaged in your own business and trying to figure out for yourself how you're going to do this rather than kind of outsourcing decision-making to the quote-unquote right way. So when you're in agency, you really want to be thinking about what is aligned for you and what is sustainable for you. So How can you do this in a way that you're going to be able to consistently show up to over and over again? If something feels like it's burning you out, maybe that's the thing to drop because you're going to have to keep working at this. You're going to have to keep chipping away at it. So it's important to do it in a way that's sustainable. And what is truly aligned with like your vision for what you are creating? If something 
seems like something that you could do, but or sh- you think you should do, but it's not really in line with like this vision that, of what you're trying to create, then maybe you instead opt for a more creative solution that actually is like squarely in line with how you want to do things. So that's agency. And I think that that is the one where um, it's it's really critical to start thinking about like reminding yourself of what your vision really is and really critical to really prioritize like what is sustainable for you. And I know that you, Lauren, talk a lot about setting up your marketing plan in a way that you can actually stick to it. And I think that that's a really Mm -hmm. good example of um, how you can do this when you find yourself in agency. Mm -hmm. I'm going to pause there before I go to number four. Yeah. I love the word agency. I'm just kind of marinating on that because I use the word permission a lot Mm -hmm. and how we always tend to like, you know, our whole lives, we are used to asking permission from parents and then teachers and then bosses. And so when you go in to run your own business, we still have this sort of like built in tendency to be seeking permission before we do things on our Mm -hmm. own. Um, And so I always encourage my audience to like give themselves permission Mm -hmm. and be that like grantor of permission. But I almost like the the concept of agency better because it just like erases the need for permission at all. It's like, there's, you know, you can do whatever you want. You have agency. So I'm just kind of, yeah, I'm, I'm just reflecting on that. I really like, I like this stage. Well, thank you. I I'm, I'm very glad that it's <laughs> resonating with you. I appreciate that. <laughs> so, um, so the next thing that happens after agency, after you've been in agency for usually it takes some time to kind of build those skills is you move into the fourth phase, which so fallout and agency, I consider being like rule breaker stage. This is where you're like, you know what? Screw it. I'm just doing what I want to do. And you're kind of setting the rest aside. I think that conscious power, and I say I think because I'm like, I'm basing this off of observations. And this is, I'm sure, going to change as I learn more about it. But I think in conscious power, this is where you really start to focus or you start to shift into like what I consider to be like a game changer. Like you are doing things differently. You are out there changing things for other people and having the impact that you want to have. Um, and this is where kind of your focus starts to shift away from yourself and toward this vision that you have like entirely. Like you're focusing on taking strategic action to grow this thing because you know that it is going to have an impact. It is going to make things better. And you need to grow it for the sake of the impact that you're here to have. It's no longer about like, oh my gosh, am I like, what does this mean about me? And what are people going to think about me? I'm not saying that that isn't going to show up. Of course it is. I don't think that that ever goes away. But I think that when you get into conscious power, you're really able to be like, okay, we're getting down to business here and growing this because I am now confident that I, if I grow this, it is going to have an impact. And I really think that this is the first time and people are going to like, I don't know, people have a reaction when I say this, but I truly think this. Mm -hmm. I think this is the first time that you can truly be strategic because if you are picking strategies just because someone told you that's what you're supposed to do, it's not really strategic. If you're doing things because you just think that you should, it's not really strategic. When you get to the point of when you move through from seeking savior through to fallout through to agency, I think that the big focus there really needs to be on building the habits of showing up consistently and in a way that is in integrity and aligned for you 
and is sustainable for you. I certainly think that you can make strategic decisions, but I think the main thing that you are learning at that point is, or the main thing that you're doing at that point is you're building the new habits and you're building new skills and you're experimenting. Once you've done a whole bunch of that experimentation, that's when you can really look at all of the things that you've tried and say, okay, I've got a grasp now on what my business is, what this vision is, how I'm going to grow it, what works for me and what doesn't work for me. And now I can truly shift into like being the leader of this business and applying the strategy without having to deal with all of that, like, uh, you know, head game stuff that I think is really present in those first three stages. So your focus here is really on leadership and strategy. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe I'm projecting, but I feel like part of this, the reason that the strategy might be coming into this phase is because you're not following the rules and you're not breaking the rules for the sake of breaking right. the rules. You're like getting really intentional about what is my goal mm-hmm. and what actions will take me toward that in a sustainable way rather than like rules for the sake of rules, whether you're following or breaking them. Like you kind of set aside the idea of rules altogether. And it's just like what needs to happen. Exactly, And you know, a lot of folks that I meet with who are just starting their businesses who are really, you know, convinced that they are being strategic in certain things. When we dig into it deeper, we find out that really the reason they're doing those things is because they just think that they're supposed to, and they don't really have intentional reasons for doing those things. Now, there's nothing wrong with that because you have to start somewhere, right? Like you have to start Mm -hmm. with something and you have to start trying things and learning what works. But that's a phase where I really encourage more experimentation and just like trying things, see what works, see what doesn't work. But you're right. Like when you get into conscious power, it's more about like, okay, I have a whole bunch of data and now I'm getting very intentional about how I am using this to do things in a really intentional way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then we get to impact and legacy and I'm going to be honest, I, uh, I haven't worked with that many people who are at impact and legacy yet. Cause I don't think they need me. So I'm going to add more to this <laughs> when I have more data, but impact and legacy is like, I think where we all want to go. This is where like your deeper why is being realized. It's where you're kind of you're kind of submitting to like what this vision is calling on you to be. So this is where it's like, okay, what do I need to do in order to let this thing like kind of become the full expression of what it is meant to be? And what do I need? Who do I need to be in order to let that happen? It might mean that you have a team of people who are bringing this idea forward or bringing this initiative or this business forward. Um, and this is where I think that we are really seeing that like full expression of the impact that we want to have coming to life. And we're really like actively changing things. So that is like the destination. That is the goal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If someone is listening and they're like, okay, I am really resonating with this idea of breaking rules. And I like, you know, maybe someone is feeling especially full of shoulds in their head of like, they should be doing this, they should be doing that, or they're consuming a lot of information from other people, telling them how to do things. If they just kind of have this vague sense of like, oh, like I I have a lot of work to do Mm -hmm. in this, in this arena of getting intentional and, and breaking rules and designing my business Mm -hmm. and my life myself, Where's like the starting point of starting to do this work? I think that the very first thing to do is like get clear on what your vision for your business is. 
So um, I think that like if you haven't sat down and really like actually put down in front of you, like what you want this thing to be, um, I think that that's the place to start. And what I tell people here is do not feel like you need to have every single detail clear because you're not going to. And also, by the way, if you get too attached to it, you're going to be disappointed because as you start moving, it's going to change because you're going to learn more. You're going to learn, right? And you're going to realize like certain things are right or weren't quite right. And it's going to change. But I think that that's the first place is to sit down and really get a sense of what do you want the business to look like? What do you want to be creating? And what don't you want to be creating? Um, who do you want to be serving and who don't you, or who do you, who do you want to be creating for and who don't you want to be creating for? Um, but also like, what do you want your, what do you want it to look like to show up to that business? So like, how much do you want to be working and how big do you want your team to be? And what do you want your life to look like as the person running this business? And it's, again, it's not about having all of the details, but what it is about is any little thing that you do know get clear on those pieces first and then take a look at it and see if you are at working against yourself in any of those areas. So if you're saying that you really want to be creating X, but you're spending a lot of time creating Y and you're kind of holding yourself back from making that transition, just become aware, like ask yourself why that is, right? Why are you not allowing yourself to move forward in a way that is actually aligned with that vision of what you want to create? It's just going to give you good information and it's going to allow you to identify where there's like some low hanging fruit. So I always like to like be very, I like to acknowledge that there are very real reasons why we can't all just immediately start working like 20 hours a week and doing only what we want to do and not do any of the things that we don't want to do. I get that, right? Like I understand that there, there, there are very real and financial implications to that and all of that. But if you sit down and you clarify your vision and then you get clear on where you are not what I like to call upholding your end of the deal, like there are certain things that you would need to do in order to create that and you're not doing them and you become aware of that, you're going to become aware of where are these, where are there very real things standing in your way that you don't have any control over, but where are there things that you do have control over and it's really just you talking yourself out of it because you don't think that you quote unquote should. That's the place to start and that's going to point you in the right direction. So good. You've shared a few examples from your own life Mm -hmm. and business of rules you've broken, but I just maybe paint like a bit of an after picture for us. And I know this is like an ongoing process, but you said in the beginning, you do this work because you are by nature a rule Mm -hmm. follower. So what have been some of the things that have come out of being a rule breaker for you? Well, I mean, I'm going to give, I'll, I'll try to give some good examples, but also I'm going to give some examples that might not seem like that big of a deal, but to me, they seem like a huge deal. So one of those examples mm-hmm. is I just did my, I just did updated um, headshots and like branding photos. And so I'll send you the updated one at the time of recording this. I probably didn't give yes. it to you, but I will send it to you and you will see it. And maybe people who are listening to this will see it. I mean, in those pictures, I am like snarling at the camera. I've got my tongue out. I am like in a ripped t-shirt. Like <laughs> I look like, and I I put some of the pictures on social media and a few people who I knew from before I started my business DM'd me and were like, 
this is so you like this so beautifully captures like who I used to work with at, you know, this shoe store that we used to work at, or, you know, people were like, this is like, look so much like you. If you had asked me like even a year ago, if I was ever going to do something like that, I probably would have been like, well, no, like you can't do that. (laughs) And now it's just Mm -hmm. like people are loving it. It feels so much more like me, but also I'm realizing that like I can actually make those, those things like kind of more of a basis of my business. Like it's not just like I need to hide that part of my personality. It's that I can actually highlight it and I'm going to attract the people who love that about me. And then I don't need to monitor myself when I'm in conversations with them, um, which is like mm-hmm. a beautiful thing. Another example is, um, I am dyslexic and I have always been very self-conscious about that because I'm not a reader and I I mean I listen to tons of audiobooks but I'm not a reader I find that very challenging um I am really like I get very nervous when I'm asked to read things out loud and what I learned about myself this year is that actually like being dyslexic means that there's all kinds of strengths that I have actually in the way that my brain works and the way that I think it's actually what makes Mm -hmm. me incredibly good at making like kind of abstract connections very quickly. I can bring clarity to very complex situations very quickly. And I'm learning that a lot of that comes back around to the way that dyslexic people think. And what I've, what I'm realizing now is like, if somebody finds, I actually just some, just this week, somebody emailed me and they were like, there's a typo on your website on this page. And before I would have been like, oh my God, I'm such a failure. I should have had that right. And now I just email them back and I'm like, oh my gosh, thank you so much. I'm dyslexic, so I'm not great at this. And I so appreciate your help. And I just changed it. And I really don't care. Like it just doesn't, it doesn't have the same sting. (laughs) Um, And so those are like a couple of examples, but I think that like bigger picture and things that are maybe a little bit more tangible, I mean... I just think that I've I've gotten to a point in my business where I look at what I do every day and I really just can't believe it. I mean, I I truly cannot believe that I get paid to do what I do. There were times when I offered all sorts of things that I absolutely did not want to do. And the only reason I offered them was because someone asked me for it. And I really thought that if someone asked me for it, I should do it because I shouldn't say no to the money. And what I've realized is there are times for that. Absolutely. And sometimes that is a decision that you make in agency, but sometimes you're just appeasing people. And now through setting very clear boundaries around the way that my work works, um, and the I'm very intentional about the structure that I have for different offers for a reason, because I know that if people work with me in that way, then that's what's going to help them get the best results. Um, by doing that and setting those boundaries, guess what? People listen and <laughs> sign up in the way that I actually want to be offered, like offering these services to them. And so I think that, you know, I, it kind of shocked the shit out of me, like over the past couple of years, um, looking back and being like, wow, this starts with me and I actually can make these decisions and people take note and follow suit. And now I've kind of set things up in a way that works so well for me. And I'm just like, I have like pinch me moments every day. Well, that's like the ultimate testament. Pinch me moments yeah. every day. I, I love mean, it. that's not to say <laughs> that it's all easy, but I think that that's the thing, right? Like, you know this, and, and I'm sure that most people listening mm-hmm. know this. It's like, it's not that it isn't hard. It is hard, but 
If you can set things up in a way where you can stick with it, even though it's hard and feel like the process is really rewarding to you because you're doing the things that you actually want to do and you're actually showing up in service of a bigger vision and in service of a bigger impact, then like you can deal with it being challenging. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's a different kind of stress when it's what totally. you want. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this isn't so much fun. Is there anything else you want to say about this concept of rule breaking or um, this transition that you're describing from from seeking savior to impact and legacy? Is there anything I haven't asked you? Just want to kind of like pause for a second. I think maybe the only other thing that I would add is just like why this is so important. And I... I think that for people who are listening to this podcast, my assumption is that you are not probably a huge fan of just like business as usual and like the status quo. And I mean, that could yeah. be maybe I'm off, but I doubt it. Um, no. <laughs> yeah. <You're> so, right. <laughs> so people who feel that way, like if you're the kind of person, if you're looking at things in, in the world and you're thinking there are problems here, um, this is not working for you, for you or for other people who you know. I just want to underscore how important it is for you specifically to start breaking the rules. Because the first thing is that we do not need more people who things are working for in power. And I think that when we look around at the way that our world is structured, whether we, I mean, of course, a lot of us are pushing to change this, but the reality of it is that our world is very much shaped by businesses. Um, and so I want you, if you're a person who thinks that things aren't working, like I want you to be in business and I want you succeeding because that is one more place that people can go and buy a product or ha- get a service knowing that they are going to be affirmed, knowing that they're going to belong, knowing that they're going to support like a good person who wants to make an impact. So I really, I just think that it is so important for those people to be getting out there in business. And the thing is that if you just can't have the impact that you want to have, if you're going to do things the way that you're told they need to be done, in order for us to change things, we have to be willing to challenge business as usual. We have to be willing to not do things that aren't ethical or aren't aligned with us. Um, that's how we change things. That's how we have an impact. Yeah. And I also think that it's the way that you can bring your true genius to the world. I think that you have, I'm sure, a lot of really creative people listening to this show and you can bring that creativity to business. You don't need to like check the creativity at the door when you stop creating the product and then put the business hat on and become somebody else. Bring the creativity into the way that you do business. And um, like if that's a skill of yours, that's essentially what we're talking about here. Like bringing that online, that's what's going to allow you to at the same time, like change things for other people, but also bring your unique genius out there into the world in a really powerful way. So do it. So good. Amen. I think we talk a lot here about values and making decisions based on your values. And it seems to me like that's a big part of breaking the rules is like, like you say, starting with your vision, starting with what's integrity for you, starting with what is non-negotiable in terms of like what you believe and um, are committed to. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that's, it's just, this whole conversation has been very, very aligned with this, this podcast. And I think with 
are, I think every assumption, quote unquote, you made about my audience, which is that like, yes, they care about making an impact and they're creative and they, you know, they're in it for more than just making money. So I think you're spot on with every assumption you've made about them. So glad to hear it. They are fantastic. So glad to hear it. (laughs) Yeah. They're going to love this conversation. Um, Okay. I want to be respectful of your time. So we're going to start to wrap things up. We, you kind of just answered this question, but I'm going to ask it anyway because I ask all of my lovely guests this question, how do you approach doing good through your small business? Yeah. I mean, I think that, well, there's really two ways. I mean, the first thing is really just trying to not trying to (laughs) doing, doing, (laughs) um, reminding people who are seeing the problems that are out there, reminding them of their ability to create change and, um, have an impact because like we can't do this alone, you know? And so as many people as I can get to go out there and like cause a little trouble and be heard and speak up and change things in their field, I think that like nothing can be better. I think the other thing too, though, that I really try to do is just remember the people who supported me along the way and like giving that same support to other people who are coming up alongside me. Anything that I can do to help people who are getting established not just as a coach, but also like as a colleague, you know, like giving people a little bit of a hand um, along the way. Mm. Love that. What is one small business that you admire? Okay. I'm so excited about this. This is (laughs) so weird, but this is exactly what I love. There's a pizza shop around the corner from my house and it is called, I live in Long Beach, California. And there's this pizza place here called The Fourth Horseman. And it is a horror movie themed pizza shop. Oh my God. So when you, first of all, it is like very dark in there. And when you walk in, there are literally like horror movies playing on TVs all around. All of the pizzas have different names that are like horror movie themed. And it is so weird. And <laughs> I, I love it so much. First of all, the pizza is, it is the best pizza in Long Beach. It is so good. And and I am not from California. I'm from the East Coast. And so I'm a little bit picky about pizza. Mm-hmm. Also, I don't eat dairy and they have vegan pizza. So they have options for everybody. It is a really good product. And it is so bizarre and weird. I just can't get enough of it. Like, I love the fact that these people were like, oh, you think that I can't have a horror movie themed pizza place? Watch me. And they yeah. did it. And it is so good. Breaking rules in action. Love it. I just looked it up. It looks spectacular. Right. Um, So fun. Okay. Wow. I I just like need to go to Long Beach now. This is awesome. Yeah. It's so cool. I love stuff like that. What is one book you would recommend? Okay. The book that I, everyone who listens to my podcast or has been anyone who's like from my, my channels who came over to listen is going to be like, of course she recommended that book. Mindset. Mm -hmm. New Psychology of Success by Carol Dweck. Mm -hmm. Carol Dweck is a queen. She has done incredible research. I actually don't know that much about her personally. So if I just said that she's a queen and actually she's like problematic in all kinds of ways, I wouldn't be surprised because I feel like everybody that I hear about these days is. But as far as I know, she has done incredible research. She has incredibly solid research on growth mindset. And this book is just so good at reminding you that you build skill through missteps and failures and doing things wrong and screwing things up and like going for it 
Uh, Mm -hmm. even if you don't know what you're doing, because that's how you learn what you're doing. Mm -hmm. It's so good. So we are so on the same page. That is like one of my most recommended books too. Mm -hmm. So it's so good. Listener, if you haven't yet read it, you heard it from Brooke. It's it's, yes. And my other one was going to be Atomic Habits, which I also know we're on the same page about that one. Yeah, I know. We're just, we're just on the same page. This has been so fun. Thank you for coming on to Making Good. I would love for you to share a bunch of stuff. So you have your own podcast. I'd love for you to talk about that. You have a workbook or a self-guided workshop, something that walks you through this process of going from seeking savior to impact and legacy. And just general, where do people find you? Like share all the good stuff that people can connect with you Yeah. So my podcast is called Transcend Your Dichotomy. Um, So come and find me wherever you listen to episodes, to podcasts, wherever you listen to episodes, wherever you listen to podcasts. We talk about breaking the rules that say that you have to leave yourself or your integrity behind on the pursuit of success. And it is for business owners. So you will love it, I hope. Mm -hmm. I do have a self-guided workshop for you, which you can find at bit.ly slash no business rules. It's going to walk you through the five stages that we talked about here, but it's also going to help you identify where you are. And then based on which stage you're at, it's going to give you very specific questions to ask yourself um, to get clarity on like where to focus your energy to start making some traction and moving forward in a way that's more sustainable and values aligned and impactful. And really, wow. the best way to be in touch with me is actually to be getting my newsletters. And if you take that training, you're going to start getting my newsletters. So that's what I would recommend. Otherwise, you can just go to brooke-monahan.com. It's M-O-N-A-G-H-A-N.com. Mm-hmm. And you can uh, just get on the newsletter there. Or you can find me on Instagram too. I'm at, at Briggs Monahan. But um, I really am trying to spend less and less time on social media. So... Yeah. If you're on my newsletter, you'll hear from me more consistently. Or if you are subscribed to the podcast, you'll hear from me more consistently. Perfect. Yes. I will link all of this in the show notes from the um the self-guided workshop to your Instagram podcast, all the good stuff. So Yay. thank you so much, Brooke. This has been fantastic. Lauren, this has been such a pleasure. I wish that I could just hang out with you for like the rest of the day, but alas, we have businesses to run. So we do. (laughs) Thank you so much. Thanks. So good. When it comes to why doing this work of breaking rules is so important, it's so that you can create a sustainable, successful business. And Brooke had a good reason for why this is so important. In fact, when she said this in our interview, I actually took out my pen and took notes word for word. She said this work is so important because we don't need more people who things are working for in power. I love that so, so much because I want all the small business owners like you with big hearts and big values to be the ones making things happen in the world. And I have a feeling you're probably on the same page as me. Brooke has a free self-guided workshop that will walk you through this process. To grab that, check out the link in the show notes. And you'll also find everything else we talked about in this episode. That's at makinggoodpodcast.com slash 134. I know that Brooke and I would both love to hear from you. You can connect with us on Instagram. Brooke is at Briggs Monahan. That's B-R-I-G-G-S-M-O-N-A-G-H-A-N. And I'm at Lauren Tilden, L-A-U-R-E-N-T-I-L-D-E-N. If you enjoyed this episode, I'd be so grateful to have your support. 
Here are three ways that you can support Making Good. First, I'd be so honored if you'd leave a rating and review in your favorite podcast player. Second, if you have a friend you think would enjoy the podcast, send them the link. And third, I would love for you to take a screenshot of your podcast player while you're listening to the episode and tag me on social media at Lauren Tilden. I would love to connect with you and cheer you on. Thank you for being here and for focusing on making a difference with your small business. Talk to you next time.